Hello and welcome back to another edition of K-Bop Rambo Podcast. I'm your host, Ginoniman, and on this week's show, we are doing another From the Vault special. As we are going back in time, back to 2021, as we are going to re-release the Understanding K-Culture episode on LGBT in Korea. Now, considering that it is Pride Month, um, I figured it is probably the best time to re-release an episode like this because... I personally think, in my personal opinion, that it is very insightful and very interesting to learn about the LGBT community in Korea and the history behind it. So, yeah, that's why I'm basically re-releasing it now. So, without further ado, let's get into past me talking about the LGBT community in Korea. So, I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the K-Pop Rama Podcast. I'm your host, Ginonman, and for today's episode, we are doing a Understanding K-Culture episode. Now, if you don't know what this episode format is, it's basically a deep dive into different aspects of Korean culture and how it affects K-Pop and K-Dramas. The previous iteration of this episode format was done about Korean Han, and if you don't know what that is, I highly recommend you go check that out. Uh, it I done it around I think back in March I believe so if you're interested in that go check that out first but if you want to just check out this episode it's quite a interesting topic as I'm going to be talking about LGBT in Korea and if you've listened to past episodes of this podcast um, I've kind of mentioned like doing this kind of episode in passing on numerous occasions and i finally had the chance to actually do it and let me tell you it's honestly such an intriguing topic to talk about and i just can't wait to share it with all of you who are listening to this show but before we get into that of course if you like the podcast and you like what we do don't forget to like subscribe the podcast on your favorite podcast platform we're available on just about any podcast platform you can think of and if you're on apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star reading on the podcast it helps me a lot and last but not least our social media will be in the podcast description below be sure to follow at kpop or on podcast on instagram if you want to follow the latest on the podcast and also uh, if you haven't checked out our previous episode last week we have also opened an email so if you want to email in like asking us questions or give us suggestions to future podcast episodes be sure to email us at kpoporama at gmail.com if you want to do that but without further ado let's get into today's episode So to put it bluntly, LGBT history in Korea is very, 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 very complicated. And a lot of it is rather unfortunate. And to start on the history, like, if you try to find any ancient accounts of anything to do with same-sex relationships in Korea, you'll be hard-pressed to find much, as a lot of records just simply don't exist of people having same-sex relationships. But we do have definitive proof from at least from some of the royalty that lived around a thousand years ago in Korea that they did in fact partake in same-sex relationships. 
Now, this, unfortunately, as I already mentioned before, doesn't really apply to common folk, for instance, as unfortunately, during that time, a lot of people who were just peasants were basically illiterate. They couldn't write, they couldn't read, so there wouldn't really be anyone to basically record these relationships happening if they even did happen to begin with. So what we are left is through the limited accounts that we have of several kings and queens from the Goryeo and Shilla kingdoms that did partake in these kind of relationships. So for the first example, we have King Mokjong and King Gongmin of the Goryeo kingdoms. Kingdom, I mean. And these two kings are significant in that they are both on record to have several Wangcheng which is directly translated as male lovers in their courts, who would often work as little brother assistants or cha jui, who often served as their sexual partners. And if we're talking about King Gongmin specifically, um, after the death of his wife, King Gongmin actually went so far to create a ministry within his own government, which sole purpose was to seek out and recruit young men from all over the country to serve in his court to do things that I've already mentioned already. Which is honestly very, very, very intriguing because, you know, he literally went out of his way to create a organization within his government to search out young boys for his court to do things, if you get what I mean. And aside from that, the more overt form of same-sex relationships during this period is through the Huarang, who were the all-male military elite of the Shilla dynasty. Um, I believe there's actually several K-dramas that kind of detail the lives of Huarang. Um, I can't say for sure because, I mean, I haven't like watched these dramas specifically, but I know they do exist, and I actually kind of want to watch them now after res researching these things. But the main thing to take away from the Huarang is that they were very, very willing to have same-sex relationships with other men within this military circle. And sexual activity between Huarang were referred to as a union between the dragon and the sun during this time, which honestly kind of just hints that, you know, this kind of behavior was totally accepted within this circle of military elite, which is very, very interesting. But by the Joseon period of Korea, um, this positive perception of same-sex relationships quickly disintegrated as, you know, we begin to see a more drastic shift towards Confucian-led beliefs. And a lot of the elite who ruled Korea at that time during this Joseon period were in fact influenced by the beliefs of Confucian. And they basically declared homosexuality to be wicked and depraved and that no one should practice it. And you know, a lot of people that did still do practice same-sex relationships during this time were basically forced to go underground and this included both commoners and nobles. So the saying of do as I say but not as I do really does apply here. Um, but going back to this, the general thoughts or like the general like concept of Confucianism, I should reiterate that this type of Confucianism is actually distinctly different from the Chinese version that was obviously taken from 
And from through my research, there's actually a specific term for Korean Confucianism, and it's now known as Neo-Confucianism. As you know, it's very much based on the Confucian system. It basically kind of works around the words of Confucian and how all of that works. But in regards to homosexuality, Neo-Confucianism emphasizes strict obedience to the social order and the family unit, which refers specifically to a husband and wife. And this unfortunately means that homosexuality and same-sex relationships are viewed as disturbing this sacred system and thus are perceived as just deviant and abnormal and disgusting, as I've already mentioned already. And, you know, as you probably have seen in a lot of K-dramas or just a lot of Asian media in general, you can tell that family values mean a lot. And this comes from the ideas of Confucianism, as Confucianism is essentially a system that runs on family or patriarchal hierarchy. And to be more specific, like just to give you like a, I guess a more technical perspective on how all of this works, um, this basically runs on something called the three bonds plus five relationships, which is based on Confucian thought. So basically anyone who was under, you know, a Confucian ruler or is like a believer in Confucianism should believe these three bonds and five relationships. Like they should honor these three bonds and five relationships as much as they can in order to live the Confucian way. And these three bonds and five relationships include, well, I'll just call, I'll just name the bonds first. So the first bond is the king between, the king is the mainstay of the state, which means you are to be loyal to your ruler or king. The father is the mainstay of the son. So in, at least within the family hierarchy system, the father or like the man of the family or like the oldest man of the family is basically who rules the family. And the third bond is the husband is the mainstay of the wife, which to me basically just insinuates that, you know, the wife is to obey the husband as the husband is the one who rules. And, you know, this those three bonds right there, this, you know, you, you can like see all of those influences in K-dramas as, you know, there's always like a scene where you know the like the oldest man in the house is often the one with the most influence and you often see that in a lot of mock john dramas or just family dramas in general like you see that a lot and it's just really indicative of just how you know a the asian like family dynamic works as you know it's often you know very family oriented and you see this hierarchy in action literally all the time but moving on to the five relationships, you know, these relationships are, you know, things that every person of the Confucian faith should take upon and honor as best as they can, as I already mentioned before. And the first one is between father and son, which requires chin, which is friendship. So, you know, it, it reiterates this bond between the father or like the, you know, the man of the house and the son who you know has to obey him and like there's like this mutual respect going on between both of them 
And the next one is, you know, between king and courtier, which is yui or righteousness. So, you know, it's kind of like this obedience towards the king or the ruler of like the who's like at the top of the hierarchy, if you will. And the third one is between husband and wife, pyol, which is deference, between old and young, or saw, which is degree. And that can be through just how a lot of Confucian like society really does respect the elderly and people who are older than you. Like that's why in Korea, like a lot of people like often ask for your age because you know the age dynamic is very much a thing and you know if you're older like it kind of changes how you speak to that person because it's obviously very very important and last but not least it's between friends or shin or faith and you know all of these just beliefs really just kind of give you a better idea of how like this family dynamic is just so influential in all aspects of life and in Korea this is very much so and even in today you still see it very much all over the place and there's a reason why K-dramas always feature a certain aspect of this fact and you know this has been the rule of law if you will in Korea for centuries and even if the Joseon period has very much ended for at least a hundred years now, um, it's still very much influential within the realm of Korea. And a lot of influences from the Korean Confucianist system very much exist today. And unfortunately for a lot of the LGBTQ community, it creates a problem for them because their existence within the system kind of goes against everything that you know that goes with the confucian system as you know obviously people during the joseon period still saw homosexuality as you know abhorrent and disgusting and unfortunately that sentiment still exists today as this general perception of same-sex relationships has kind of mixed with a lot of outside influences that Korea has taken in over the past century or two. And it's created a very, honestly, very uncomfortable environment for LGBTQ people because, you know, for a lot of people, they just do not agree with the very concept of LGBTQ people in general. And a lot of those reasons that I'll get into right after this break. Hey there, I have a question for you. Have you heard about Anchor? If you haven't, it's possibly the easiest place on the internet to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. You don't have to pay anything at all. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money off your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you can possibly need to make a podcast, all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your new podcasts. Now, back to your regular scheduled programming and we're back so before we went on break i mentioned how 
there's a lot of factors that have led to the reasons why a lot of people in Korea today do not really agree or support the idea of same-sex relationships, same-sex marriage, and just the LGBT community in general. And just through my own research and just doing a lot of things around that, I think I can put it down to three reasons. Now look, uh, this is through my own personal perspective and my own opinion on the matter. So, you know, some things might be wrong or some things might be interpreted differently, but this is these are like my three reasons as to why I think the general sentiment around LGBT is the way it is. And the first reason is well, this the general confusion influence that is in Korea. And I've already spent like 13 minutes talking about all of that. And I think I've kind of made it pretty clear as to how LGBT and Confucian thought don't exactly mix together, if you get what I mean. But the second reason, which I found to be really interesting, is just the fact that a lot of people are just very ignorant about the idea of LGBT. And I kind of came to this conclusion because I did see a few videos out there talking about LGBT from the Korean perspective and one of those videos is from a youtuber named Kelsey uh, Her YouTube channel is actually called Kelsey the Korean and she actually did a video Dedicated to her own thoughts on the LGBT community in Korea and just how they're treated one not and you know she You know she emphasizes that a lot of people just don't really like the LGBT community and this the whole idea of it in general and she mentioned that a lot of a lot of reason like a good reason why like a lot of people feel that way is because they're just simply just very ignorant about it like they just don't really know much about lgbt or just general like concepts about this gender orientation that this goes beyond being straight if that makes sense and you know this there's just a lot of unknowns from a lot of people and that kind of leads to this people being very confused and this very uncertain about the whole idea in general and you know there's a story that she talks about in her lgbt video you should check that out by the way a very very good video um where she was in itaewon in Seoul and she was going out with her friends and there was a moment where one of her girlfriends like girlfriends was mentioning that hey maybe we should go to this gay bar that we that I went to before because it's a very very good bar and like you'll have a good time which you know for Kelsey um, she was quite open to that but um, what was interesting is that the guys that were in this group, like that they, they were like, I'm guessing they were like college friends or whatever, um, they were quite um, hesitant about going into the gay bar because they thought, oh, I might be groped inside by other guys in this bar. And there also is, they also kind of talked about this like general like perception of gay bars in Korea in general where they were people think that it's just a place for gay people to have sex which seems um it, it seems ridiculous but that's just the stereotype and stigma that goes around these gay bars so it it they kind of ended up not going because of that but kelsey kind of emphasized how like those little moments right there kind of just 
this kind of highlight how these people, like some people in Korea, just really just do not know and just are just very ignorant about the whole like culture behind LGBT and just general things about it. Like they really just do not know about it, and unfortunately, they only know the stereotypes and the stigmas that. Are unfortunately tagged on to the community in Korea and this leads on to probably the most important point like as to why the LGBT community faces just a lot of struggle in Korea and it's to do with a very prominent very vocal and very influential opposition group that stands in the way of the LGBTQ community and to put it bluntly, they're basically conservative Christians. And, okay, I promised myself that I I feel like I need to emphasize this. Um, so, I, I really want to be careful in talking about this particular issue specifically because, for one, it's religion. And I know it's a very sensitive topic for some people. And, it, it, like, I feel like what I'm about to say can totally turn into like a situation where I'm just bashing religion that it and it's crap like you, you know what I mean like it's just something that's just inherently bad which I do not agree with by the way like I for myself like I'm not necessarily a religious person really like I I, I don't really go to church even though my parents used to back in the day but they don't really now but like the main point is is that like Religion can inherently be a very good thing for a lot of people. And, you know, for some people, religion is kind of like their way of, you know, trying to navigate their way into in this world. And it gives them solace in a world that sometimes doesn't really make any sense sometimes. And I'm sure for a lot of people, they can relate to that a lot. And, you know, in that way that like you know that i think religion can be a good thing in that regard because you know sometimes things just don't make any sense and sometimes science isn't really there to help you explain some things but religion albeit look sometimes it might not have all the answers but at least it, it can at least give you like some comfort and some form of just bond like a bond if that makes sense to and it just and to just make sense of everything, which I think is a perfectly fine thing to do. And you know, on top of all of that as well, like religion can also be like a way for people to connect with others, which I think for everyone, like every single human being on this planet, um, they they crave connections. They crave having this social connection with people even those that are introverted as well like we all crave some form of human to human interaction and you know for some people church does that for them and in that regard as well that is totally fine and i totally respect anyone who is a believer of that and you know partakes in things to do with religion because you know it it helps them live life and it gives them meaning and i'm all for that if you are a believer in that form of religion or any form of religion but this is where I get back on topic. Um, where the line gets drawn for me is when people use religion as a way to justify 
the hatred of other people. That's where I have problems. Like personally, I have problems with people who do that because it, like it to me. Like, look again. I should emphasize. I'm not particularly a religious person, but to me, it's like I've always thought that this religion as a concept is a way for people to unite, people to get together and just define comfort in each other and define connections. Right? Like I thought that was what religion was supposed to be. Like I. I just don't agree with the whole hating one other like other groups of people in the name of your own religion. Like I, I, I can't compute that in my brain, and it unfortunately this is the case that is happening in Korea with the LGBT community as they face enormous amounts of opposition from a lot of conservative Christian groups. In Korea, and it's honestly very, very unfortunate because, th- as I've already mentioned already, um, this group, uh, these groups, these Christian groups, are also quite influential in government as well. As um, a lot of people within the government tend to kind of follow the same rhetoric that they're talking about, especially in terms of LGBT. Uh, you can see like prominent presidents of South Korea say they're against like gay marriage or like other things of the like. And it this creates a very, very problematic situation. And it also creates this other problems as well for anyone who decides to associate with the LGBTQ community as you know, as I was researching this, I was actually quite shocked to discover all of this as well. Um, there's actually a lot of things that, you know, LGBT couples cannot do. Like, for example, um, under Korean law, they're not they're not able to be legally married in Korea. Like, they their union isn't legalized, and they as a result, cannot enjoy all of the benefits that come with marriage, which you know is a lot of like boring adult adulting stuff and that's a very unfortunate problem and also another issue that a lot of lgbt koreans face is the fact and this is arguably the big one is the fact that they're not really protected against discrimination for who they are and you know i i guess as someone who is from I guess america for example where there's actually laws that protect people from that kind of thing like it I, I can't imagine a world where you're just not protected from these kind of forms of discrimination. And unfortunately for a lot of LGBT individuals in Korea, they're not really protected, which results in them having to hide their own identity because, you know, there's a lot of potentially bad things that could happen if they do get found out that they are in fact part of the LGBT community. and. You know, I also should caveat as well that um, um, they're technically under Korean law, um, they're supposed to be protected from discrimination, but unfortunately due to a lot of circumstances, um, those laws aren't exactly um, enforced for LGBTQ people. And there isn't really a lot of punishments in place for people who do in fact discriminate against people of the LGBT community, which is also very unfortunate. And, you know, to, on top of that as well, um, 
through the brief like scrolling of news like polit- Korean political news that I saw um, there was a anti-discrimination law that was trying to be passed I think um, last year or maybe a couple years ago which was you know which contained like a series of laws which you know protected people of LGBT of who like identify with the LGBT community but unfortunately that particular bill I guess since it was like going through like the branches of government and whatnot was rejected it was vetoed and the people that were vetoing the bill were the well they were influenced by the conservative Christians that I talked about earlier so you know Really, all um, all of this just creates a very hostile environment towards the LGBT community, and it's unfortunately it's again as I've already said already, it's a very large opposition block that the community faces, and it's it's honestly really difficult to really come out and say that you are gay or bi or you know anything of the like like that and it it, it's just very very difficult and i honestly again i cannot imagine living through a situation like this because it it, it's honestly so so difficult and it's so sad as well and this just leads me on to my next point where i actually talk about how all of these big complicated issues go within the realm of k-pop and k-dramas as i think because of how you know how um hostile like the general korean public is towards anything lgbt i feel like because of that you won't really see much in within like whether it be k-dramas or k-pop that are related to lgbt as it will either be really limited or extremely vague to the point where you don't really know if they know what if they actually mean what they mean if that makes sense now i will say for k-dramas i am aware that there's actually quite a few like k-dramas that have featured someone who is part of the lgbt community um i recall from um itaewon class they had someone who was transgender and there were a few others which is great by the way like i'm really glad that they're they're at least now they're able to at least incorporate some lgbt characters within k-dramas now but at the same time i know like they're i feel like for these kind of roles they're probably unfortunately gonna be few and far in between because like they because of all of the reasons that i've mentioned like they can't really like go too bold i guess with these characters as i'm sure for many writers who, like write k-dramas they know that if they like go like say they full-on just make a romance k-drama where they feature lgbt couple like that would get like tons of backlash from a lot of people like especially and especially from like the um opposition that are like super against lgbt anything so you know in that regard i feel like that, that's probably why you you, pro- you kind of see like these roles in k-dramas and also k-films as well to be quite limited or either that or there <laughs> it's a situation where um i i recall from a from uh, the school nurse files which i covered on the show uh, a few months ago where 
there's a scene at the very end of season one like at I think it was like the last episode I believe where one of these students who were female like kind of declared to the school that they were gay and it kind of led to this very honestly for me like a very uncomfortable situation where like like the whole school was just laughing at them which I think because of how ludicrous and how like ridiculous the show actually was in terms of in terms of a concept it made sense because it kind of this showed how obscene and how ridiculous the whole situation is and i feel like in that regard it also kind of is like a social commentary of how like the general public in korea kind of treats people within the lgbt community without actually saying anything so i feel like there's all of that which i think is kind of like another option to kind of incorporate like lgbt themes in shows or like forms of media so there's all of that now for k-pop as i already said already like i feel like for like in terms of actual music or like actual like concepts for music videos as i already said already like i feel like a lot of it will probably be very limited and it'll probably be super vague because they don't want to be like overtly like in support of lgbt because of the again as i already said already like of the potential backlash they might get in korea now I, I know like this is kind of a very interesting topic for at least for K-pop idols because you know a lot of people like kind of they talk about from time to time like the possibility of the idols that they support being part of the LGBT community or at the very least in support of the LGBT community and you know I've seen the videos of like of like idols who perform at KCON for example in America where like they bust out the LGBT flag or like they say like they're in support of it and whatnot which gets the crowd going which is great and you know I feel like in that regard I feel like they are really genuine about it and they also feel comfortable in saying these things because they're not in Korea they're in another country and in this case in in terms of KCON then you know like it's a I like to think it's a very diverse and very inclusive community that usually shows up to KCON and I'm sure they're all for these kind of things so there's probably a level of comfort in saying these kind of things to an audience that very much supports it so there's all of that now when you think about how whether or not there's idols that are like actually like LGBT or not I I genuinely believe that there are definitely idols out there who are LGBT but unfortunately due to a lot of complicated and unfortunate reasons they have to stay underground and like in the closet about it because you know if if something come like gets leaked or like you know it's like a really like high profile relationship gets revealed that so happens to be like an LGBT relationship like I I cannot fathom and I don't want to think about like, like the amount of controversy that those two individuals would face like it I do not want any idol to deal with that because like like I, I guess I say this because you know this is going back to like the level of opposition that you know that LGBT people face in Korea right like there's um there's there's been multiple incidents um for example um so in Seoul, um, I think this started back in the early 2010s, I believe, 
based on my research. Um, there is a very prominent um, uh, gay pride festival. It's called the Seoul Queer Culture Festival, and it's over the years. It started. Re- it started as a very small festival, but over time, it's gotten to be really, really big. Like it's gotten like tens of thousands of people to attend, and you know, at the same well. There's a lot of people that show up. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of um, counter protesters that show up at these festivals. Now, based on my knowledge, um, um, I might be wrong on this, so please correct me if I am. But apparently, this this kind of thing also happens in other countries as well, who have, which have like gay pride, gay pride festivals and whatnot. But in the case of Korea, like there's always a presence of anti-LGBT protesters that show up at these festivals and they make their presence felt and try to disrupt the festival as best as they can because that's what they want to do and they really genuinely go out of their way to try and publicly shame people who actually go to these kind of events which i find to be very unfortunate and you know it i mentioned these kind of incidents because i I just can't imagine what would happen if an idol were to just like act like if an idol were to to just come out and say that they were LGBT because they would you know they would have not only like aunties on online going after them like some of them anyway like they would also have like these religious groups going after them as well which is honestly something that that i don't think anyone wants to deal with to be honest so um that's probably why um if there are any like idols that are lgbt out there that's probably why they don't really come out and say it because of quite to be quite frank about it like the society in korea isn't really ready for it as of yet and i think an event like this would create an incident of cancel culture that this might be hopefully this is a bad take for me because i really hope this doesn't happen but it could be a event of cancel culture that the k-pop industry hasn't ever seen before hopefully i'm wrong about that because i really do not want like any harm to happen to any of these idols for just because of who they love like it's ridiculous that we have to even talk about it like this but i just genuinely believe that if say like someone came out in like the next two to three years or maybe next year or whenever like in the near future like it it would create controversy on this level and it could potentially be damaging and i genuinely do not want that to happen to anyone so it's for that reason why i believe that they, yes, there are definitely LGBT K-pop idols out there, but because of all of these reasons, they can't really like, you know, they can't really like show off that fact. They can't show that they are LGBT because of all of the potential backlash they could get. But I feel like there is reason to be optimistic despite all of this because. There's actually a bit of good news about all of this. Like I, I know like I've already like spent like ten to twenty minutes like talking about all of these horrendous unfortunate things, but um I there is a lot of good news to actually come out of this as um 
there's a very interesting thing going on in Korean society as the overall opinion of LGBT or like same-sex marriage or same-sex relationships and whatnot have actually increased amongst the Korean public which is actually kind of surprising when you think about it because I've told you like all of these like really like awful and kind of horrendous things that lead to like the LGBT community kind of to go into hiding because you know they might get shamed for who they are but there is actually data to support the fact that the general approval rating of the LGBT community is actually increasing and there's actually a bunch of polls that support this so um, I'm gonna go on a little timeline about like seeing these results as you know back in 2013 there was a Gallup poll which is like a very um, reputable like analytics company that usually do polls for different kind of things um, so they did a uh, a poll back in 2013 where they asked people like out on the street in Korea asking about their feelings about the LGBT community and at that time they only found that 39% of the population that they surveyed felt that, you know, that LGBT should be accepted in society. Now, you could say that that's still a pretty dismal number, which, to be honest, it kind of is. But um, that is actually a very significant shift in opinion, because back in 2007, the same exact poll was done. And the approval rating at that time for LGBT was at 18%. So if you thought that 39% was bad, 18% um, is worse. And the fact that it increased by 20% in just six years is actually kind of incredible. And a very interesting thing about this particular poll that was done in 2013 is the fact that out of all of the people that they surveyed, they found that 71% of people that agreed or like or like supported LGBT were people aged 18 to 29. So millennials, Zoomers, and people, you know, younger than the Zoomers. All of them were in support of LGBT, which is like which is I guess a very, very good and very, you know, optimistic sign. As you know, there's a lot of even though there's like a general like consensus, like a majority that don't really like agree with LGBT, there's still like a very prominent young block of people who actually support it now i i should caveat to say that this survey also showed a very very giant big generational gap on this issue and you see this in the only 16 percent of people over the age of 50 that believe that lgbt should be accepted which is a pretty low number when you think about it and i should also add that during this time, they only found that 25% of people supported same-sex marriage and a vast majority of people rejected it. It's like over 60%. Now, fast forward to 2018 and you see another survey of a similar ilk to the Gallup poll from 2013, which was done by the Korean Institute of Public Administration, which um, from my research is basically like a state-sponsored organization that you know does things within the realms of public administration and it so happens that they did a survey talking about this issue and they found that for the first time 
I guess in modern Korean history or like the amount of times they, they, that they did this survey, they found that the percentage of people who, I quote, cannot accept homosexuals fell below 50% for the first time, which is in a way when you think about it, a very significant milestone, I guess, when you think about it. Now granted, this is a single survey, but as I've already mentioned already, there's like this general trajectory and sign showing that there's like a general increase of people who support LGBT. So this survey does kind of reinforces that fact. Now, to be exact, for this particular survey, they found that 49% of people um, couldn't like accept homosexuals, which compared to um, 57%, which was recorded back in 2017, and 62% in 2013, that's a pretty big decrease when you think about it. That's a decrease of at least 13%, which is a lot when you think about it. And also as well, um, this survey, particular survey, uh, they also included questions asking whether or not uh, people would be comfortable with considering uh, LGBT people as neighbors, colleagues, close friends, spouses, whatever, like, you know, like friends, colleagues, assistants, like acquaintances. And they found that 31% of people were comfortable with that idea when it comes to neighbors. 15% of people were comfortable in terms of being colleagues. 6% of people were comfortable in terms of being close friends. And 0.4% were comfortable in terms of spouses, which in i guess in a vacuum that's not exactly great numbers but it still does show a general increase in support for these kind of things so again as i already mentioned already like this kind of survey shows a upwards tick towards you know general support and acceptance for the lgbt community which is another good sign now fast forward to last year so back in 2020 so this is quite recent um another poll was done by the pew research center which is actually a american uh, non-partisan uh, think tank and they did a poll which was similar to the 2013 gallup poll as they basically went around asking korean citizens about their opinions about the lgbt community and same-sex marriage and the like and this survey found that 44 percent of people believe that the LGBT community should be accepted, which again is another increase with in terms of support for the LGBT community. And again, much like the 2013 poll, this poll shows another drastic generational gap in terms of opinion. As 79% of 18 and 29 year olds who took part in the survey that showed their support for LGBT, which it's a pretty big number. Like it's bigger than 71% and that's very much in the majority, which is pretty significant in my opinion. And unfortunately, um, uh, I mentioned there's a big generational gap and that's shown through the fact that only 23% of people over the age of 50 supported LGBT and same-sex marriage, which is very indicative of how much of a generational gap there is when, when you think about LGBT in Korea. And I personally believe that this generational gap is as big as it is because of the fact that a lot of people like that are born from the 90s onwards 
and also i guess i should add up to like the mid 80s as well so basically all the millennials all the gen x people all the zoomers and all the gen z people like they are all born in an era where they their frame of reference in terms of culture is very much the west it's america it's western culture that is like the basis of like all of their influences that they see in their culture and through media and the like and this is significant because um so i learned this during my korean history class um so for at least up to the 1980s and up to the 90s um a lot of people who are like middle age or like people who are like in power in korea anyway like they very much were influenced by japanese culture um i should be really careful in phrasing that but you know it that comes from like a very long period of colonization and just a very long period of just being influenced by japanese culture and all of its shapes and forms but by the 1980s and by the 90s the frame of influence is very much within the realm of the united states and other western countries which is why it's i think it's probably probable um like this is my own opinion i should emphasize this like that's probably why a lot of young people probably support lgbt because they were exposed to these kind of things through western media that they see through the internet or through tv and the like and you know they are able to kind of explore these concepts for themselves and they you know through all of the influence that they see through western media they are able to understand and also just ultimately accept lgbt people because people in the west have started to accept them as well so i think that's probably why the generational gap is so drastic like it's like incredibly drastic and i think if you were to do this same survey in maybe five years or maybe 10 years i can only see the approval rating or like the approval percentage of lgbt only increasing and i think it's kind of only a matter of time really before the majority of people especially as this 18 to 29 age group like increases as they get older like it, it will only increase to the point where the general like opinion of the lgbt community will be in the majority and i think once that happens you'll probably see an increased willingness from the entertainment industry to include elements of lgbt whether it be through k-pop or k-dramas because of the fact that well it society is a more safer place to do that kind of thing because more people accept it and i think i it, like honestly like just talking about like k-pop idols and how it's probably not really safe for them to talk about these kind of things right now like i can totally see like current gen idols like in within this generation coming out much later like maybe 10 to 15 years in the future if they are in fact part of the community as you know as i've already mentioned already like trends seem to suggest that more people will be more comfortable with these types of concepts in the future now i should acknowledge that you know i'm saying all of these things as a very optimistic prediction about the future of korean society which 
you know, again, is a prediction. And, you know, you never know how these things turn out because that's just how the future is. It's unpredictable. But bottom line, you could see a trend through all of these surveys that, you know, general opinion about LGBT is increasing for the better, which I think is a very good thing to look on like going into the future and hopefully in maybe 10 to 15 years time you you we will be able to see like k-dramas featuring lgbt characters and it not being a big deal because it's just normal like that's like the crown achievement if that ever happens because that means like people are like at the point of accepting it because you know you, you see it in the prime time k-dramas you know what i mean and you know in terms of k-pop like hopefully Maybe in 10, 10 years time, you'll be able to see more idols out there that are like openly LGBT. Like hopefully that can happen as well, which I think would be great. But, you know, on that, you know, it, I do acknowledge that, you know, 10 to 15 years for the chance of true LGBT acceptance seems like a very long time. And like, it seems like a very far away thing, which... I do acknowledge that like that's a very like it seems like a pipe dream when you think about it like that but I think you have to understand with social change that you know these things take a lot of time like I I remember a quote from a President Obama interview where he talked about how you know enacting like big drastic social change is like the equivalent of trying to turn a giant cruise ship because it takes a lot of time and effort to convince people that this kind of social change is okay and it very much applies to this situation in Korea as it will take a lot of effort and a lot of hopefully not sacrifice from lots of people who are part of the LGBT community in order to get to a place where they'll be you know accepted in society and that road is hard but if you know people are willing to put in the effort which i think a lot of people are like it will definitely get there like if you look at how lgbt acceptance has grown in america for example like it it took ages like it took decades of activism and lgbt support to even get to the point where they were at like the federal level where like you know gay marriage is legalized like it took a humongous amount of time and effort to even get to that point so in the case of korea it will most likely be like that but hopefully you know k-pop and k-dramas can be at the forefront of these kind of things and you know they can incorporate more lgbt characters and they can also be seen in a positive light as you know positive media interpretations of you know the lgbt community is really important in these kind of things like that's one of the big things that can help change public opinion about a specific thing and you know i'm glad that even in today's today's like social climate in korea anyway like they're willing to still incorporate some lgbt characters when they can so you know it's it's a long road as i already said before but through a lot of time and effort it's possible and i can definitely see a world where you know you will see like a like a blockbuster blockbuster romance k-drama where there's a lgbt couple 
prominently featured in it. Like I can totally see that world. And I can also see a world where there's definitely more LGBT K-pop idols out there. Like I haven't even mentioned Holland, who's like one of the few like K-pop idols out there that have you know publicly announced that he is part of the LGBT community. Like I hope in the future there's definitely more people out there, so that you know people like Holland don't feel like they're alone. You know, so you know just looking at everything, I hope that this is the future and i hope this is a future that will definitely happen and i think everyone will be better for it so yeah i just hope all of this will happen like this all seems like a optimistic pipe dream right now but you never know with these kind of things like a lot of a lot can change it within decades you know so there's that but on that note, that concludes this week's episode of the podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode as, you know, it, it was a lot to cover. Um, just looking at the timer of, on Audacity, just recording this, like we're almost at an hour, which is kind of crazy. Like I didn't think this episode would, would last an hour, but it has. And I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I just want to add also a quick side note. If you guys are even like listening at this point, like if you guys can like suggest like some K dramas that feature like LGBT characters and whatnot, please let me know in like the Instagram post that will be accompanying this week's episode. Like I, I'm actually kind of intrigued to see like how many like K dramas out there that like feature these kind of things. So if you can like let me know in. On Instagram if there is because I'm actually quite intrigued to see these these K-dramas so yeah um, aside from that uh, that's about it for this week's episode uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed and be sure to turn in, tune in to another episode next week but on that note this is Gian from K-pop Rama signing off take care and have a brilliant weekend everybody peace bye bye aloha